0: Welcome to Always and Forever, a One Tree Hill podcast where two lifelong friends and fans analyze the greatest teen show from the early 2000s.
1: Except this week, it's not just two lifelong friends. It is two lifelong friends, plus a friend who has been friends with me for about eight years. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> this week we are joined by Sam Saf who is my best friend in the whole world, and she was also the co-host of a little podcast I had before this one called The Bold Talk, which was a recap and discussion podcast for The Bold hype. We unfortunately stopped the podcast after season three, but it was pretty good content. Sam ended up joining me during season two, so feel free to check those out. That was my first foray into the podcasting world, so I learned a lot from that experience, and This is why I'm able to put together a podcast like this one now. Right, Caitlin? Yes, Jeremy. Am I doing a good job?
0: (laughs) You are doing a very good job. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) We make a good team. So we really loved our conversation with Sam, um, but we had some technical difficulties with the audio. It got a little corrupted, so the sound isn't that great, but the conversation is, and we wanted to bring that to your ears anyway, so we apologize for that.
1: Yes, and it's still a wonderful, wonderful conversation with a wonderful human, and let's talk more about how this human is wonderful. So, um, we recorded this episode a few weeks ago, and as sure many of our listeners know, I've been trying to campaign to get a cameo from Barbara Allen Woods. Well, I mentioned it in the space of this episode. I even say, like, I'm still waiting on a cameo from Barbara Allen Woods. Well um Sam actually listened to that and she <laughs> bought me a fucking cameo from Barbara Allen fucking woods <laughs> Go dumb i was (laughs) really 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 shocked by that honestly and i have been holding off on posting on social media so i will be sharing it with all of you sometime in the span of this week and you'll be able to all watch it and experience it um there's one awkward part in it because sam mentions to barbara that I started a One Tree Hill podcast, and I guess something got lost in translation. And she said, "Hey, Jeremy, I saw that you started watching a One Tree Hill podcast. It was, <laughs> it was weird." <laughs> but the rest of the message was really awesome. And yes, sweet. it's still very much appreciated. Um, she's this is um she recorded this around Halloween, and she's dressed as a cat. It was just cute. I, I really, really, really loved it, and I'm really, really excited to share that with all of you. I have been, like, really holding off, because I think um, all of you loyal listeners should be here on this journey where you finally all get to say it.
0: I'm shocked that you were able to hold off. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Honestly. You were the first person I texted. Of course. <laughs> so, uh, well, what did I even text you? I was like, holy fuck, Caitlin! <laughs>
2: I couldn't believe what I was seeing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So now you know what a cameo is. I do. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So every now and then, we are going to start sharing reviews from some of you. And we are going to react to some of these reviews. We have really loved hearing from all of you. And just as a reminder, we always mention this in the outro, but please, please, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It's the easiest way to support us. It helps other listeners find us. And honestly, we just like to stroke our egos. (laughs) All right, Jeremy. Okay, I like to stroke my ego. Caitlin's very (laughs) humble. I am just arrogant. Anyway, so this review comes from Amy Ray Loves FOB. Or Amy Ray Loves FOB. I'm pretty sure it's FOB. I'm guessing it's a Fall Out Boy reference. I don't really know. But I'm just going to call you Amy. How about that? (laughs) Anyway... (laughs) After listening to the first episode, I felt like I made two new friends. They pick up things I'd never noticed before, and they made me really rethink the show. I'm excited to bring them with me on my rewatching journey. That is really sweet.
0: Oh, that was really nice. I really love that review. It's so great that they're rethinking the show. That's really, like, the point of our podcast. Obviously, we appreciate it the show for what it is, but we're also kind of dissecting it and thinking about it from a new perspective. So I'm glad a listener took that away from our podcast
1: yeah absolutely because even though we love this show so so much there's a lot that we have to unpack a little bit and it's really nice that other people are saying the same thing i also liked how they wrote that they feel like they made two new friends because honestly like reading all of your comments on like social media instagram twitter facebook everything like i don't know about you kayla but i feel like i have made a bunch of new friends
0: I know, I'm really loving our listeners and the messages. Like, sometimes we get private messages, we get mm-hmm. tweets and comments. It's
1: lovely. It really, really, really warms my heart. Everybody is just so, so precious. I'm like, I just, I, I don't want to be too forward. And budget, but I'm just going to say, I love all of you so, so much. So, thank you. Thank you for giving this to us.
0: Thank you for taking the time to write a review.
1: Yes. We really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. So, if you would like to hear us read your review, go ahead, log into Apple Podcasts and write us a review because we just like reading nice things. <laughs> anyway, this week we are discussing and by a Moments, the 13th episode of season one, which is written by Mark Schwann, directed by John Baring, and originally aired on February 10th, 2004.
0: Always and Forever is spoiler-free, but stay tuned after the credits for a fully spoiled discussion.
1: Somebody told me that this is a place where everything's better and everything's safe.
0: Peyton and Lucas struggle with deciding whether to confess to Brooke about their feelings for each other or to bury what happened at the motel.
1: Lucas wants to tell Brooke because he can no longer deny his feelings for Peyton, but even though Peyton feels the same way about him, she doesn't want to hurt her best friends.
0: In a moment of weakness, Peyton and Lucas share a kiss in the library, which Haley happens to witness.
1: This results in a major blowout between Lucas and Haley, where they both accuse each other of becoming different people.
0: Also, in this episode, Dan and Deb continue to have relationship issues and make no progress in couples' therapy.
1: While at the beach house, Dan is tempted by a woman named Carrie, who he meets at the beach, but before they can have intercourse, where we also find out that Carrie is married, ew, just, just ew, Dan admits he still loves his wife, but uh-oh, Deb walks in and catches the Omos act, and later asks her husband for a divorce.
0: Meanwhile, Whitey considers retiring because he's achieved all of his goals as a coach.
1: Nathan convinces him not to retire because he admits that Whitey has made a big difference in his life.
0: Keith counts down to Karen's return, and after Dan makes him feel insecure about his potential love interest returning, he has a beer at the cafe to loosen up.
1: And in a major cliffhanger, Keith and Lucas get into a car accident on the way to the airport to pick up Karen. Conveniently, Dan witnesses the whole thing rescues Lucas from the car and gets him into surgery at the hospital by admitting Lucas is his son. Whoa. While in
0: surgery, Lucas flatlines. Will he survive? Busy doing research in the library, I'm Caitlin Illinich.
1: Drinking hot chocolate with a boyfriend who doesn't love me, I am Jeremy Rodriguez. And today, we are joined by a very special guest. Introduce yourself, friends. Practicing my free shots, I'm
2: Sam Saf. Woo!
0: <laughs> Sam, how did you start watching One Tree Hill? I'm really curious.
2: Well, uh, my best friend Jeremy over here. Who's that? Uh, he sounds hell- great. Yeah, yeah, he's okay. He's okay. <laughs> um <laughs> So he's uh he's been telling me for the last I don't know, our entire friendship with seven years, that I am Peyton. So I've been trying to you oh, know really? figure out
1: what that means. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Caitlin, I don't know if I ever told you that. Like I think No, you didn't Sam is Peyton. Like personality, um, like the badass behavior and whatnot, like Sam is Peyton, like through and through.
0: Oh my gosh, I love that.
1: So... So I've literally been telling her like for the entire friendship, like, you need to watch the show. Like, this is you. This character is you.
2: Yeah, I um I, I don't really know what that means. I'm still I'm still trying to figure it out.
0: Yeah, how do you feel about that so far? I
2: mean, 13 episodes in, yeah. How do you feel? Well, I gotta say, after the last two episodes, I'm not as thrilled. <laughs> uh just because, you know, I mean, I get it. I get young love I get that but Peyton is you know she, she's she's doing a lot right now <laughs> uh
1: considering yep, you is. know
2: she's got her poor friend Brooke like just hanging on the sidelines pretty much about to look like a fool
1: that's that's what I foresee happening yeah it's which I think we should have um, we should say that right now um, this is Sam's first watch she has not watched anything past this point yes and
2: I d- I've never even had anything spoiled for me just throughout my life about this show
1: I know nothing. <laughs> Which makes this very interested, so...
0: That's a good perspective to have. I didn't know you knew nothing at all.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a gift, actually.
0: It's really rare not to have spoilers.
2: Yeah, I pride myself on that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm very excited to hear your predictions throughout this episode, because, you know... This is a real feel-good episode for you to jump in on, isn't it? <laughs> for you to <laughs> yeah, guess what us on.
2: Yeah, yeah that, that's one way to describe it. <laughs> I mean... It, it, it gets a little, uh, a little intense. I don't know. <laughs> so
0: I this wouldn't is tell a it feel big good. episode. <laughs> like, this is one of the bigger episodes in the season. You'll see. You think so? I think in season one.
1: Definitely. Hmm. I would argue, yeah, I would argue that too, yeah. It is, like, one of the bigger ones in season one. Yeah, we'll just, we'll just go with that. We'll leave it at that. How many episodes are in season one? 22. Oh my god, we still have so much time left. <laughs> And so much has happened in these first 13 episodes, right? Kind of, but also no.
2: <laughs> you know, I feel like the best is yet to come. And now you always say that, though, about the show, so. Yeah. I think I just kind of knew that going in, that season one was like, it was good. You know, it's like going to be good, but not great. Yeah.
1: Like, yeah, I, I like season one lot. There's A lot happens in it, but at the same time, like, when you compare it to the rest of the series, it's nowhere near as, well, I don't even know the best word to say it. It's nowhere near as over-the-top as later seasons get.
0: Yeah, it's pretty calm, actually. (laughs) Like, calling this a big episode (laughs) is saying a lot.
1: That's not like, you think this is a big episode? Like, what about when Redacted happened, or when Redacted (laughs) happened later, or when the other Redacted (laughs) then happened in season four?
2: Wow, okay. Uh, So I've got a lot of Redacteds to look forward
1: to. Yep, yep. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right, all right. So let's talk about this song. So this episode is titled after the song "Hanging by a Moment" by Lifehouse. What does everybody think? I love that song. It's so good. I know.
0: Same. It's like a classic 2000s song. Like I remember loving Lifehouse back in like 2005. Yes,
2: exactly. They had like two songs that I knew. Are they still making music?
0: Yeah, it's this
2: song, and then there's one other song they had. And now I can't remember it, but I don't I don't know if they actually continue to make music.
1: You and me. That's their most famous. That's the other one, yes. yes. That's probably the one you're yeah. thinking of, Sam. Yeah. Yeah, totally is. It's you and me. Not and the, <laughs> the people. Something something. <laughs> something whatever.
2: That was pretty good, Jeremy.
1: Thank yeah. you. Thank you so yeah. much. Yeah. Did, did you practice? I, I didn't actually. That's wow. I haven't thought about that song in years, so
2: I know I haven't heard it in so long, but the second I read the um, episode title, I was like immediately
1: humming the song <laughs> in my head. <laughs> so good! But as far as the song, like what it's about and everything like that, what did everybody think as far as that's concerned?
0: I thought it was pretty straightforward as a love song, and it basically represents like how Peyton and Lucas are feeling about each other. Like they're literally hanging on to every moment that they have alone together,
1: mm-hmm. as you
0: see, like in the hallway, in the library.
1: Yeah. I gotta say, the one line that really, that I didn't like that had to do with Lucas and Peyton, the line, there's nothing else to lose, which I'm like, that's bullshit, because there's plenty to lose in this situation, particularly with um, Peyton and Brooke.
0: And the episode definitely shows that, too. That there's a lot to lose, and at stake.
1: Yeah. I'm definitely not a fan of Lucas in this episode. I actually kind of, I kind of hate him, not gonna lie. Uh (laughs) I'm kind of, I'm. Can I
2: interject cuz I'm really glad you said that. <laughs> I think I think hanging by a moment is like totally from Lucas's perspective. Like the nothing else to lose. I felt like he was so like just dismissive of the fact that Peyton and Brooke are best friends and that this could be like detrimental completely to oh. everything. And it seems like until Peyton really says it, it's like Lucas didn't even think about it. I, I don't know if you guys felt that way, but I just was kind of like why are you You're so hung up on Peyton, you know, so like love drunk, so to speak, that you're just not even acknowledging the fact that Brooke is just like in the corner here about to like get her heart broken on both ends as friends and as
1: boyfriend, girlfriend. I didn't even think about that, but that's actually a really great point. It's like, yeah, like from Lucas' perspective, yeah, there is nothing else to lose. Like, okay, yeah, he'll lose Brooke, which no loss there because he doesn't really give a shit about her.
0: They weren't even friends beforehand or anything, so.
1: Exactly. Yeah, that's true, too. Like, Peyton has a lot to lose in this situation, not only does she have the potential to possibly lose Lucas, who, like, theoretically she just met, and then she could lose her best friend of, like, X many years, they were friends since elementary school.
0: And I get that Lucas, he wants to do the right thing here, by telling Brooke what happened. It's like, there's too many sides to this. Because he wants to tell her, Brooke deserves to know, don't you think? Oh, totally. She deserves to know, but he's doing it out of selfish reasons more so than wanting to be up front with her. He, like he wants to do it just so he can be with Peyton. It's not really like he's doing it because it's the right thing to do.
2: Yeah, I was I completely agree. It's really all selfish motives.
1: And I really don't think Lucas is respectful of Peyton's boundaries at all in this episode. It's it's just not a good look for him like i know like i'm the Brucus shipper of this podcast but this episode is very clear for me i'm like brooke deserves so much better
0: i mean i think it's even cringeworthy for layton fans because it's wrong <laughs> like we can't agree with it
1: sam let's talk about that are you team Brukas or team layton at this current moment i know that's kind of unfair because 13 episodes in and i feel like your opinion could change but at this current moment <laughs> what do you say
2: Oh my god, my first thought was like, do I have to pick one or do I have to be a fan of, of a relationship? But I guess if I'm picking, I'm probably more a fan of Lucas and Peyton. What did you call it? Leighton? Leighton, yes. Yeah. Leighton. Okay. I mean, I just think that they fundamentally have like similar, a little more similar outlooks on life and interests and things like that. So I think they're more compatible. But as a whole, I just think the situation sucks. Yeah, the situation's just really dicey because really, I just think Lucas is, it, you're right. It's making him look bad. It's really kind of showing him as being a selfish guy and just not considerate of what's going on with their
1: friendships. The more, I, the more I watch season one, the more I keep thinking. I'm like, Lucas is just shitty. I just gotta be honest, I am not a fan of Lucas. Yeah. Anymore. I feel like it took me until I turned 30 to do that.
0: He does some questionable things.
1: Yeah, I really only like Keith. You think it's the only like male <laughs> character right now, where I'm like, oh, and and Whitey, he's cool. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. we'll talk about Whitey's storyline in a little bit. That's interesting that you say he's cool, though, huh? Aw, yeah. I have Aww. a, def- we'll get into that. Um.
0: (laughs) this is a good episode to bring Sam in on because we can cover a lot of different aspects of the show Mm -hmm. like I feel like we're gonna cover every character
1: (laughs) (laughs) which is great I'm loving this
0: except Karen because she's just coming back but Karen yes dub's girlfriends has Karen been in
2: the credits every opening credit yes okay but she was only in like like one episode two nine episodes nine okay it seems like she's like it seems like she's been gone forever i
1: kind of i don't know yeah well okay um our episodes on this haven't actually aired yet so sam you wouldn't know this but the reason why the moira kelly the actress had to leave was because she was on maternity leave she found out she was pregnant like right after she was casted in season one So they had to, like, get rid of her temporarily. So this is why she's been gone for several episodes. Okay, that makes
0: sense. I was kind of
1: like, this is just random. (laughs) Yeah,
0: it is random.
1: Yeah, it's like all of a sudden, like, oh, I I got accepted to a cooking school in Italy. And this isn't a spoiler at all, but you never find out, like, what did she learn in Italy? Like, what did she... (laughs) <laughs> Did she gain any useful skills that she could bring back to the cafe? Like you never see that. Like I apologize, oh and I'm a spoiler for any well, of she you. she comes
0: back, and there's this accident immediately.
1: <laughs> so she doesn't so, even get some time to like really talk about like, hey, I had fun in Italy. Crap
0: about Italy.
1: <laughs> so, the, so there's an accident, and she just forgets everything. Yeah, she learned over there. I mean, I mean that's, I mean that's a trauma response, I guess, but yeah. <laughs> um let's talk about some more um happier things though um let's talk about Haley and um throwing free throws for pe uh first off we had a we had a pretty funny question that we got on instagram from our listener valeria and i apologize if i'm I'm mispronouncing your name so why is tim a cheerleader in Haley's dream
0: you know the first watch i didn't really pay attention to that (laughs) i feel like sometimes i miss (laughs) major things like that i don't know why
1: I remember thinking, like, haha, oh, that's funny, but then I'm thinking, like, okay, this is a 2004 perspective, well, I'm like, oh, look at this, a, a man-wearing women's clothing. That is hilarious. Oh, you know. Yeah,
0: it's supposed to be funny, and it's not in 2020.
1: <laughs> now it's like so, I see that every day. It's fine. You
0: know? <laughs> I mean, if anything, it's much more normalized now that there can be male cheerleaders.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, they don't necessarily wear skirts, but if they did, I feel like, I don't know, I'm like, I'm fine with it. It's cool. There's another joke about men wearing dresses, too. Keith later tells Whitey, oh, if you weren't coaching, what would you be doing? You would uh, be babbling off somewhere wearing a dress. I'm like, what does that even mean? Yeah, what does that even mean? I'm not a fan of that, but, um. So, Tim wearing a (laughs) cheerleading uniform, I don't know, it it gave me a little chuckle. I like saying that.
0: I guess it was supposed to also show once again, from a 2003 perspective, that she was in a dream because, like, it's not clear that she's in a dream when the episode starts. So, like, that would be something that would trigger you, like, oh, this something's not right here.
1: <laughs> you see Tim in the cheerleading uniform and then you see um, Nathan shirtless, so it's, like, it's kind of yeah, interesting yeah. to see, like, kind of a reversal of it. Like, you get to see, like, a, a guy being sexualized a little bit, which, you know, on a show that often sexualizes women, it's kind of nice to see. Yeah. Yes. Nice change of pace.
0: Also, can I make one more comment about Haley and her P.E. thing? Sure. Since when are you graded in P.E. about how well you can do a free throw? Like, since when is that? How are you graded like that? Uh,
1: (laughs) I don't know. I didn't go to P.E. in high school, (laughs) so I don't know what, what I was graded on. Did you have that experience, Sam?
2: I don't remember specifically... No, I don't think it was like you had to make a shot like Yeah, that. you just
0: attempted to do Yeah,
2: die. I think it was like we played games, but...
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Hmm.
2: Like, we played knockout a lot.
1: But what's what's knockout?
2: You didn't play knockout?
1: What is that?
2: Whereas, like, you all lined up on the free throw line, and there were t- two basketballs. The first and second person had the basketballs and then the first person would try to make theirs for before the second person did, because if the second person made it, they'd be out. And then you pass the ball down the line, you all try and get each
1: other out.
0: Yeah, I think I remember doing that.
1: No. No? <laughs> Can't say that I have.
0: I guess Jeremy really didn't go to gym.
1: <laughs> I-, I don't remember ever doing that. That was, like, pivotal to my, like, experience in <laughs> high
2: school. I was playing knockout.
1: It was, like, the one time where I was like, yo, I'm good at this. I got this, okay, yeah. that's yeah, good for you do you still, do you still play it in your in your daily life uh I mean i don't I don't have a basketball court at the ready, but
2: when I'm at a basketball court, I like to play
1: oh okay, yeah, yeah, that's all I don't know, totally not relevant, but that'll be our um first um always and forever um meetup. We'll all get together and play <laughs> everybody's invited. <laughs> I think it's only appropriate that you play basketball the first time you meet up. Because
2: that's like the show's, you know, background.
1: Yeah. That's a great like idea basketball. for me and
2: Caitlin, right? Yes. Yep, and it goodness. would be very fun to watch.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so everybody can laugh at us. So a running joke that we have about this podcast is that like neither of us know sports. And it's kinda of funny that you're coming in, Sam, because Sam, you actually know sports. Mm-hmm. Thank you for uh for saying that. So I just I just know more than you. Even but <laughs> I think you know everything. More than me at least. <laughs> so I'm not gonna speak for Caitlin. <laughs> yeah, I
0: don't, I don't know, know
1: much about basketball anything. skills. No. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so I mean a few things about um Haley and her and her PE and whatnot. I really liked how she asked for help from Nathan. I thought that was really cute. And Sam, this won't mean anything to you, but Caitlin did you see the joke that nathan made he said um so Haley was like kind of concerned that she would look stupid in front of nathan and then nathan says like you know i've seen you in that ugly crocheted poncho thing right <laughs> yeah which is the beginning of a running joke throughout the series like they're talking about like this really ugly poncho that Haley wore i believe she wore it in episode five
0: yeah she has some interesting fashion choices yes one
1: but I don't know, I just thought that was funny. I'm like, is this the birth of the inside joke? I think it is.
0: I know. It must be. <laughs> it really must be.
2: I was going to ask about the sweater and see if it came up because I was gonna like go back and be like, when did she wear this? And what does it look like?
1: <laughs> if you go back to our Instagram, um and you scroll back to the the photos that we use for episode one oh five, it's like this crocheted thing with like a bunch of flowers all over it. It's it's not attractive at all. <laughs> oh my god, I just saw the sweater. No, no.
2: She's got the blue shirt underneath. Yeah, and no. (laughs) I'm staying home and watching The Office is the mood because nobody should wear that. (laughs) I'm not usually like I I don't usually like to get like that with people, but this is this ain't right.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's good. (laughs) I know what clip we're using for the social media this (laughs) episode. oof yeah that was not not good
2: not a good look (laughs) oh my god i needed to see that i i wanted to look it up before but i was like i don't even know how to go about looking it up like when did literally if you just google
1: Haley james poncho it's like one of the first results (laughs) oh my god that's awesome actually (laughs) because i wanted to verify like is this the poncho like yeah yeah yep this is the poncho this is the ugly ass poncho that they (laughs) talk about but that's a running joke throughout the series so just be on the lookout for that during your first time watch like yep there's a reference to the pawn show
2: <laughs> that's like really funny <laughs> like I, i'm really happy that that
1: continues as a joke. <laughs> it's wonderful <laughs> uh, but anyway when nathan's help though haley ends up succeeding and she ends up throwing her free shots
0: I like how you point out that he had a chance to help her for once. Because I actually thought the storyline was pretty stupid. (laughs) But now that you brought that up, like it was kind of cute when they were on the basketball court, but that was it. I thought the dream was dumb. I thought the whole conflict was dumb. But it's true that, like, Nathan, they got to switch roles in this episode.
1: Yeah, exactly. I don't know, I just thought it was kind of cute how she, like, had to... She was a little bit insecure about having him watch her and whatnot. She was comfortable going up to Lucas, and then Lucas couldn't help her. And then, I mean, Lucas turns out to be a complete asshole anyway, but, you know and that's what it is
2: yeah ew he he was like he's a shitty friend all around like this episode like it's just not a good look for him <laughs> uh, this is actually it's so funny because um well caitlin i guess you don't know what jeremy and i talk about uh, but <laughs> jeremy and i have only discussed how much i don't like nathan and how much like lucas you know i prefer lucas and now uh, this episode is like the shift where they just kind of like switch roles, and now it's like, Nathan's being the nice guy who's helpful and friendly and sweet, and now Lucas is, like, being a dick.
1: They really are switching roles. Yeah, which is kind of touched on um at the end, and we'll talk about that later, because... Ooh! <laughs> yes.
0: Speaking of Nathan, like, having this shift, I think the whole storyline with Whitey kind of added to that shift in his character, because he actually... Yes, admitted to Whitey that like he changed Nathan's life in a positive way.
2: Yeah, I I agree with you. I think it really humanized Nathan a lot. It was one of my favorite. It's not going to be my favorite quote, okay? But it was one of my favorite moments. Wait, which one? When he when Nathan tells him like what he values about him, like basically what he taught him. I don't remember the exact quote, but when he comes into the office and says all that nice stuff to him,
1: that is cute, but. But Sam, you were you were excited about Whitey in this episode. Tell me why.
2: Well, okay. So first and foremost, right? He's his wife is no longer with us, and he's still like kind of dealing with with that loss. And he was supposed to give up. I guess I'm doing a synopsis now. I apologize for that. Um, he's giving School. up, or he said he was going to give up basketball coaching after twenty years and winning his five hundredth game. Now it's been 35 years and he's about to win his 500th game and he was supposed to finish like retirement, retirement with his wife who's no longer with him. So I just, I don't know. I think it's hard not to feel something for him. Like he's alone. I don't, He just seems like a sweet older guy who just like, you know, is trying to figure out what he's going to do with the rest of his life. And he's still heartbroken.
1: I definitely see that. Um... What are your qualms with him? I don't, I don't have qualms with Whitey, I actually really love Whitey, but I feel like this episode really proves that Barry Corbin is a wonderful, wonderful actor, and I feel like they never give him enough material on the show.
2: Well, I mean, of course I, I don't have much experience with him on the show so far, but as long as I've seen him, this is the most uh, in-depth
1: he's gotten in his character, I think, since the show has started. Here's the thing, I care about him in this episode, like, just as a standalone episode, I really do like him, but I feel like leading up to this point, I just keep thinking, like, why should I care that he's retiring? Okay. Man, that's harsh. Again, it has nothing to do with Barry Corbin's performance or anything like that, because like I said, he does a wonderful, wonderful job, but I feel like this is the first episode where we actually are given a reason to really care about him, and I kind of wish we got more of him. I, I wish we just got more of him in general for the series, but I feel like he's never given, like, the proper justice, personally.
2: Well, to throw in my two cents here, I think there is, there are a couple of moments earlier on where he has some, like, nicer conversations with, with, I I think he has a nice conversation with Nathan at one point, when he's, like, going through the...
0: I would disagree with you, Jeremy. The whole storylines with Peyton, and their grief over their Uh, loved ones, I feel like he's had some depth so far
1: is that what you meant Sam? say i'm saying storyline i think that's what i meant yes <laughs>
2: <Okay>. <laughs> but it happened like at the basketball court i don't know i'm losing it anyway i agree with you
1: Caleb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay i mean we can disagree
0: i mean i can kind of see what you're saying jeremy like we haven't gotten much from him but we have gotten glimpses of his wisdom and his you know his life with his wife and what he's going through and dealing with that still okay I feel for the character.
1: I feel I for I see him. those, but... I, I mean, that's me personally, and, you know, who knows? Like, maybe I'll be getting a lot of, like, um... I'll be getting a lot of TMs. to be like, fuck you, how dare you not like Whitey? I, I do love Whitey. I just wish you got more. <laughs> just, just to clarify, everyone.
2: Well, I definitely think I care a lot more about him than I do fucking Dan.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: I'm just saying, I mean, like, i definitely rooting for Whitey. Like, on a level that... I can't root for Dan, so I don't know. I do feel like I kind of understand both of your arguments. I do think that I there's some depth to him because I do care about him to some capacity, but I do think he deserves more than he's been given. This is a first-time viewer perspective.
0: <laughs> no, we like that for sure. Yeah, and how I I just love how Nathan convinced him to stay. And then at the end, Whitey crosses off his list, and he adds 600 games.
1: Which, can you do that? Can you just retire and then change your mind at the last minute like that? Are you familiar with Brett Favre? What were you saying, Sam? I guess this would be a much funnier
2: joke if you guys were sports fans. Um, (laughs) If you were sports fans, I could say... You know, Brett Favre, because Brett Favre is the quarterback for the Packers mostly and then for the Vikings for a brief time. But nonetheless, he retired. He announced his retirement like six times. Okay. So my point my point was that (laughs) that you don't it doesn't matter. Like you can you can retire when whatever you can say it over and over. But I don't think that Whitey it didn't appear to me like Whitey did anything official. Like, he didn't announce his retirement to, like, the school or get any paperwork in. I think he just thought he was going to retire.
1: But he literally packed up his office, though. Like, he was literally like, this is my last day. Yeah, it's a show.
0: Yeah, it's a show. I don't think we can take it so literally.
2: Yeah, sometimes I have to, like, say, I think that's just because it's a show. In all reality, like, he probably had to give some notice, you know? I mean, like, was he just going to leave him, like, high
1: and dry here and, you know, like, all of that? It's like, by the way, like, you know, you you just have to take care of yourselves this season, folks.
0: And also, it's kind of strange that this happened in the middle of a season.
1: Yeah, like, wouldn't you at least finish out the season? Yeah, it's a pretty dick move. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah uh, yeah i don't know that was that was really that was weird for me and also i just gotta say this okay like everybody's saying like no whitey you shouldn't leave and i'm like come on the ma-. like I-, I googled on barry corbin's age he was 63 at this time i'm like let him retire like let him like you know get some fun in the sun like let him leave yeah but what was he gonna i guess the whole point is like what what else does he have like not
2: in a mean way i mean of course he can find happiness within himself and i fully respect people who are able to do that if anything i'm jealous i think that the basketball gives him like a greater purpose and hearing Mm -hmm. that he made a difference for nathan was was kind of what he needed to realize that you know he still has value there and and he can still feel fulfilled as a coach there
0: he had to hear that from nathan he had to hear it from someone before he could like make that decision yeah like confirmation that he made a difference and that he could continue to still make a difference okay And by the way, Barry Corbin is still acting. He was in a recent episode of Better Call Saul. That's really? a side tangent. Yes. Oh. Several
1: episodes, actually.
2: I'm behind on Better Call Saul, but. Oh, yeah. Okay.
0: Huh. Okay. Look out for him. He's in a few. Interesting. In a season.
1: But yeah, I am glad that we're going to see him stick around because now he has to win 100 more games, which, how many, how many basketball seasons is that? Just of random
0: and high school high school basketball seasons because
1: that's totally different how many games is in one high school basketball season like i say this is where i
0: have no idea
1: yeah um, i don't i definitely don't know that
0: (laughs) that's several years worth
2: (laughs) no i don't i don't think it's several years i think it's probably like two what so two two seasons
0: you think no i would say at least three
2: 35 games okay three seasons fine oh wow i was right well, actually, technically, he'll have to hang out for the fourth for, like, three games and then dip out, since apparently he has no problem leaving people high and dry in the middle of the season. Well, he has to finish out this season,
1: too. Oh, you're right. So, yeah. So, all right. So, he's got three more after that. Okay. Wow. Interesting. That's very interesting. Okay. Um.
2: <laughs> but also, that's not even right, because it's 100 wins. There's only 35 games a season. They're going to win all 35, so... Actually, this could take longer, Caitlin. You are correct.
0: Yeah, you're right. Oh wow, It's wins. Yeah, that's not yeah, games. Yeah, it's
1: wins, not games. So, <laughs> yeah. All oh, right, Caitlin, we're gonna have that yeah, after we've... after we after Sam leaves, we're gonna talk about something.
0: It's actually had added something in the spoiler section related to this. Yeah, I, so I literally
2: funny. just said that. Yes. Yep. <laughs> oh my god, I just brought something out. I feel so like I don't know. I feel cool doing that. <laughs> Did I like unintentionally say something? Like, does do they have a uh like a oh my god, what is that undefeated season? I I, I don't know. Our Sam, lips are I, pre- sealed. Prediction, prediction. Next season, undefeated. Okay. Yep, yep. I'm sprinkling that in, just throwing it in the mix. We'll say. Okay. Let's see see how y'all feel about it. Okay.
1: Well, something interesting we should we should note though is that seasons one and two. That's one school year. And then seasons three and four is our senior year. Okay, so I take that back. Season three. <laughs> yeah, we get I'm what you mean. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Seasons three and four, I'm feeling an undefeated season. And I don't think that's a yeah. spoiler for anybody involved. But um,
0: Actually, it's helpful to know that about Winter Hill going into it, because I don't think it was fully established
1: <laughs> from yeah the
0: beginning. The timing of the show is really screwy.
2: Yeah, I could see that. Even though I'm only halfway through the it's first It's really season, I'm scary. Like, I'm like, did you guys know how long this was going to go? Like, were you sure? <laughs> you sure you had that locked in? <laughs> <laughs> Which,
1: something slightly related to that, we'll talk a little bit more about that scene, but the scene where um, Brooke and Lucas go to get hot chocolate, there are Christmas lights up. And this episode definitely aired on February 10th, 2004. So huh. at this current point, it's around Christmas time. Maybe it's late November
0: that's funny that was an
1: observation i made i was i thought that was like really interesting. i'm like did they decide at this point that like okay this is only gonna be half of a school year like i don't know
0: (laughs) it's so interesting how shows
1: yeah make those decisions yeah but anyway are we done talking about whitey
0: yeah we are and what is this next point on the outline
1: we are going to hell what is going on here It's about how peyton tells lucas we are going to hell
0: oh okay
1: yes yeah pretty much So, this is the point where we hash out, like, a lot of our, um, Leighton feelings, which I feel like we did a lot already, but, like, let's use the space to talk about it more.
0: (laughs) I don't condone this. I don't know. What, what should they do? I mean, they've already cheated. (laughs) What do they do in this situation? What's the right thing to do?
2: I think they gotta get ahead of this. I mean, this is getting out of hand now. I think that if it was... Okay. I don't. I should just preface by saying I don't condone cheating. I do think that if a lesson is clearly learned from it, and it would do more harm than good to share that information with everybody involved, then perhaps it might be okay to leave it. That makes sense.
1: Yeah. Like not keep it. Keep it a secret. Is that what you mean? Or
2: I. Yeah, I think so. But I think now they've gone too far. I mean, now that they're at the point where. They're kind of sneaking kisses, you know, in the hallway and they're doing little flirty type things. And they're clearly just struggling. Like now it's it's inappropriate. Now it's too much. I mean, it was inappropriate the whole time. But I think like sometimes people lose sight of what's going on. You know, Peyton was in a vulnerable situation. But now that they've acknowledged that they they both still have feelings, I think that they've got to tell Brooke or they at least he, he at least has to leave Brooke,
1: you know, like even if he doesn't tell her. Yeah, like, if it was just the incident in the motel, it's like, yeah, it's it's, it's pretty shitty, but you could at least excuse it and say this was just a physical thing and it didn't mean anything. In which case, like, you know, like, why bother going through the hurt of it? But now that there's actual, like, feelings involved here, that's where it's like, okay, like, this is kind of fucked up. You need to come clean.
0: But if I were Peyton, I could never keep that secret from my best friend. I don't think I could either. And I, cu- I couldn't do it. I could never have... A relationship with my best friend. It would never be the same again. Because the secret would be hanging over us.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I say both sides on that, so it's like, ugh.
0: They're sneaking the kisses in the library, and, you know, Haley saw it, but it easily could have been Brooke.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: And that would have been really really messed up
1: and also too like lucas is putting a lot of pressure on Peyton. i feel like also i don't know if the two of you noticed this um i didn't notice this until my second watch actually um but the necklace that brooke gave him the one that Peyton's hair got caught in there is a scene where lucas removes that necklace and puts it in his locker that is very intentional with the symbolism right there like he's literally like i don't want brooke anymore and then right after that scene he goes straight to Peyton. Mm-hmm. I did notice that, actually. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: Jeremy thinks this necklace is such a deep meaning.
1: Oh, oh God, we're not going to get into that. <laughs> but in, this episode, in this episode, I feel like, yeah, there yeah. is a little bit of a deeper meaning now. You have to agree with that, Caitlin.
0: Yeah, no, it's definitely signifying. <laughs> okay. Like, he wants to basically get rid of Brooke. He doesn't want to be with her anymore.
1: <laughs> Sam, listen to episode 112 when, after it goes live, and you'll hear my big, like rants about the necklace yeah Yeah, i'm like i feel like there's more to those than
2: just (laughs) what you just said right now
1: well i mean at this point we haven't gotten listener feedback but i'm still looking for you know if i don't have listener feedback by this one just just a reminder like you know let us know like what you think about my big um over analyzation of the necklace (laughs) <laughs> and jewelry and everything. So I'm just saying, like maybe I'll end up write like a thesis about this. I don't know. But in this episode we can't argue. There is symbolism for the necklace. Let's move on, caitlin Sheesh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jeremy. Um I like the on the nose. Tegan and Sarah, how Tegan and Sarah's don't confess was playing. Yeah.
2: I feel like that was kind of corny for real. It was, like too <laughs> literal.
1: I'm not like I'm not trying to shit on
2: the show, you know, like I know it's a like it's a teen show and whatever, but I was like, okay. First and foremost, like, what was up with Brooke's, like, huge curiosity about what was playing? It it was a little, like, like, come on, really? Like, like that? Like, you're that Yeah, I know.
0: She had to ask Uh, what was playing, and then...
2: (laughs) (laughs) And she was like, she was like, what's playing in your stereo? And then Peyton was like, it's Tegan and Sarah, and she's like, I know that, but what song? I'm like, girl, like, where where did this, like, huge interest come from that you're, like, almost a little, like, weird about it?
1: Well, I think it might just come from the fact, like, she's so in love. Everything's important, everything's significant to her. It's like, what is this song? Like, I just came to the realization that I love this boy. There's this song playing. What is the song about? Does this song have something to do with my relationship? Does anybody else think that way? Like? Because I know I do. No, I feel you. And I'm not,
2: I don't want to take from, like, how she's feeling. But it was just, like... As its own thing, separate from this storyline progression, it was kind of corny.
0: It just was a little obvious. I feel like yes, it was kind of I don't know, shoving it in our faces a little bit. Like, don't confess,
2: this. right? <laughs> I and definitely like,
0: don't see
1: that. <laughs> and
2: I'm like, okay, don't confess. Like, I mean, all right. Well, if anybody needed
1: a sign, like, you fucking got one. It's like, you know, <laughs> don't just don't confess. <laughs> Yeah. It's like good to know, maybe I shouldn't confess. And that's when she decides not to confess. She says that she is having like a stomachache and whatnot, and that she's about to hurl. And then Brooke comes into this very problematic joke and she's like, And P Sawyer, please don't hurl too much, because if you get any thinner, I'm gonna start looking fat and I'm like, ew, like Yeah. It's a very two thousand four joke.
2: Yeah, but I think
1: the two thousands had a lot of problematic moments. Yeah, totally. It was just a reflection of society. It really is, especially uh, in high school. Like, high school in 2000. so Like, we were all in high school, like, around this time, actually. So, yeah, like, we got on that, We sucked. <laughs> yeah. And what we were told to feel sucked, you know? Mm-hmm. So, Brooke and Lucas go and get hot chocolate, and then that's what Brooke says, that she really wants to meet Karen, because her relationship with her own mother isn't that great. Is that the first time we're hearing about Brooke's home life or no hmm is it is it caitlin
0: it's either the first or one of the first huh i feel like it is alluded
2: to yeah i
1: i just was curious if you knew i mean that's the problem with like us being longtime fans we can't know what we already know so yeah yeah so that's where i'm like hmm is this the first time it could be then i maybe hmm i don't know
0: there were so many cringeworthy moments with Brooke, like the whole scene with her getting the hot chocolate. Lucas, I think, asks her, what do you like about me or whatever? Yeah. That whole that whole moment was just like, ew.
1: Wait, what was wrong with that? I don't know.
0: <laughs> because Wait, what Lucas moment? wasn't being very, it really wasn't Brooke. I don't know what I'm saying.
1: <laughs> you don't want the remember where Brooke's like, have I told you how much I like you? And then Lucas is like, why? Why do you like me? And she's like, pity mostly. (laughs) Yeah,
0: Yeah, I feel like that whole moment, not because of Brooke, but it was cringeworthy because of what Lucas, he wasn't like into it, obviously. And then we have Brooke admitting to Peyton that she's falling in love with Lucas. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh my God. And what other moments? It's not cringeworthy because really what Brooke's doing, but it's just like the circumstances we as the audience, we know what's happening beyond what Brooke knows. So it just makes it, like, uncomfortable. I guess that's probably a better way to describe it.
1: I think Brooke- I don't want to say- it's wrong to call Brooke oblivious, but she's just- she's very unaware of everything that's going around behind her. Mm-hmm. Like, there's the one scene where they pull up to uh, Peyton's house- and then um Brooke just runs straight upstairs. And then that's when Peyton and Lucas are like by themselves, saying, like, all right, we are going to hell. And I'm like, Brooke's not realized that the two of them like left her, like in the house, you know?
0: I know. There's so many times where they're having conversations and Brooke's right there. It's just really strange.
1: Yeah. I think it's it's literally just because like she's so like she's so in love at this point that she's just like completely oblivious to everything that's going on. And it's kind of, it's it's more tragic when you think of it that way.
2: I also think that um, oftentimes people see what they want to see, you know? I mean, even if there are signs there for her, like, that may seem obvious. She's probably excusing them in some way. But it's not that she's unaware that they're there. She's just making excuses to avoid actually addressing them because she is so in love with Lucas. I just think that's, like, very typical of, like, like, particularly for high school, like, love situations, where it's like, oh, I just, like, won't see what I don't want to see. And I won't notice that you're a jerk when I'm not around. But you're super nice to me, so it's fine. You know? Like, there's always that. Yeah.
0: That's a good point. Like, uh,
2: yeah. So, that's that's my thought. But I really like Brooke. And I feel bad for her. Because she's really sweet and, like, innocent in all of this. And she's, like, the only she's the only person in the show, really, who's so upfront about her emotions. With the exception of, like, Deb, I feel like.
0: Huh. That's a good observation
1: interesting
2: those are my thoughts like in like right now like i didn't think of that actively before but right now <laughs> I, I feel really good saying that so i'm gonna
1: say it there's somebody there's so many times where like you know while i'm recording i'm like i didn't think about this before but now i do so i get you <laughs> yeah that's a good observation too
2: yeah she always i don't know brooke's like always pretty clear about what she wants even when she doesn't know what she wants she's open to saying that too like oh i'm confused or you know, whatever. I don't know. I think she's like ahead of her years
1: in that in terms of maturity. This is why Brooke Davis is the greatest character of all time.
0: If we get Jeremy started, he'll just keep going and going and going.
1: You <laughs> love her too, Caitlin, don't <laughs> you? <care? laughs> of like I you do. Don't. But but neither of you are saying
2: how much you love Peyton, who I'm supposed to be. <laughs> so. I love
0: Peyton. Thank you, Caitlin. I love Honestly, Peyton, Peyton and Brooke are my two favorites.
1: I mean, Sam, I always say that you're the Peyton to my Brooke. So of course I'm gonna love Brooke because I love myself and I should love myself. That sounds narcissistic though, that I love myself more than I love you, but whatever. Let's just let's just let it go.
0: There are so many Peyton haters too.
1: There are. I've been noticing a lot, like, on social media too. Like people don't like Peyton. I'm like, why? Damn.
0: Yeah, I'm like I'm offended by it.
1: I know you are.
0: I I love Peyton too.
1: I gotta keep watching to see (laughs) Mm -hmm. shots uh but yeah we we love peyton sam and, and we and we love you we we promise okay okay whatever you say <laughs> all right should we um transition to the to how both peyton and lucas start to ask hayley for advice
0: super awkward
1: yeah and they both get interrupted lucas tries to ask Kaylee for advice that's when brooke comes in and it's like tutor girl and Haley calls her Tigger, which I thought that was kind of weird and funny, but okay. Yeah, what does that mean? I think she I think like um she was making a reference to the fact how Tigger, you know, the Winnie the Pooh character. Yeah. He... <laughs> how he just comes in and just interrupts everything. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, that's what I saw. That is so weird. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I like, think okay,
2: I'm sorry, but if I'm thinking of Tigger, I mean I'm not thinking of like, oh, wow, you must interrupt people on the Tigger thing. Like, Tigger comes in bouncing. He says TTFN. Like, maybe the use of acronyms could, could be what you meant when you called her Tigger. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just... I, that wasn't where I landed with that. But anyway.
1: Ugh, well i guess that was the i mean that's what i took from it at least i don't i don't know who knows what the intention was and honestly like you know the person who wrote this episode i'm not interested in contacting him so (laughs) fair enough yeah because he's a shitty person um let's talk about how Haley caught them she caught both um lucas and peyton in the library i did like the way she handled that though honestly
0: that was quite a fight between lucas and Haley. (laughs)
2: And also, I have to say, the way that that fight ended was really funny to me, because it was like, fine, fine. And she, like, shuts the door. Like, it's, like, such a... I don't know, it just reminded me of, like, little kids, like, getting angry. Like, fine, fine. And she got, like, so upset and, like, slammed the door like a little child. So, yeah, that's that's all.
0: <laughs> I think they made some valid points. Both characters are changing. Lucas and Haley. Like, they're becoming different people since the beginning.
1: I don't know how Haley has changed. I mean, other than, like, you know, there was that whole um, minor setback where she was, like, failing her classes a little bit. But she ended up being fine with that because, you know what, Nathan encouraged her and said, like, hey, I want you to keep doing what you're doing. I want you to be yourself. I mean... Go ahead.
0: Nathan's shaping up to be a better guy, but... I think it is a little questionable that she wanted to be with him, especially how he was treating Lucas for all those episodes in the beginning of the season. Right. So I think Lucas has a valid point, but Haley also has a valid point that Lucas is becoming a different person. And he truly is because the way he's treating Brooke, the way he's treating Peyton, just like everyone, I think both sides had valid points.
1: I think that Lucas was kind of gaslighting Haley, though, because. At the end of the day, Haley was approaching him saying, like, hey, what you're doing right here is fucked up, dude. And then he decides to attack her by, like, oh, but what about all the things, what about all the times you have changed? And I'm like, that's not relevant right now. Like, you need to really, like, you know, confront, like, what's happening with you right now. So I thought there was a lot of gaslighting going on for that.
2: Yeah, a lot of deflecting on his part.
1: Yeah, like, this isn't about you. Like, okay, like, okay, you you have your problems with Haley changing, fine. But you know what? Haley's not cheating on her girlfriend. You are.
0: right yeah I mean I think
1: fucking like oh I'm
2: sorry but doing it fucking publicly to me is like even worse because it means you have like no regard for Brooke at all that she could catch you Mm -hmm. that she like someone else could find out and tell her like I just think that's really really I I don't want to say that there's really even like a difference in cheating in private versus cheating in public but something about that in high school is just like really shitty that you could affect her whole like standing in school
1: Mm mm-hmm
0: Exactly, because look how easily Haley was able to see it. Like, it could have been anyone walking past in the library. I don't know.
1: Exactly. Um, there's an alternate version of that scene, where it takes place outside on a bench. Which is even worse, so that Haley actually walks outside and catches them. I'm glad it was in the library, it was like a little bit more intimate, but at the same time, yeah, you can still be fucking caught.
0: Uh-huh, in both scenarios. mm
1: but another reason why I also don't like the whole gaslighting scenario, though, is that you get to the end of the episode where Haley tells Nathan she's like I'm kind of mad at Lu- kind of mad at Lucas, and then that's when Nathan's like, "Huh, that's kind of funny." All of this started because I wanted to mess with Lucas, so this gaslight that Lucas did to her it ends up confirming that like Lucas was right, which I don't like.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think it it
1: set her up to start questioning things. Yeah, or feel you know just feeling insecure as a whole and i mean and that's gonna be unpacked in the next episode um like how nathan ended up saying that it's like a passing comment but i just don't like that though because like Haley had every right to call out lucas for what he was doing and then in response lucas calls her out and now Haley has to confront the fact like oh god lucas was right and i don't like that he was right in that situation which come on written by a man yeah
0: yeah that's true
1: i wish i had more to add but i mean i feel you
0: I don't know. Yeah, I don't have anything more to add either.
1: <laughs> it's like, it's like I just agree with you, so. <laughs> I have made them speechless. That's great. And rare. <laughs> All right, let's talk about everything going on with Dan. So, uh, Dan and Debra go into therapy, and... Oh my God, fuck Dan. <laughs> Sorry. I I cannot stand him. He just gets
2: on my fucking nerves. Everything about him is like like, he's such a like, white privilege, like, woe is me, like, oh my god, my life is so hard because my wife finally told me about myself and I didn't want to hear it, so. He's one of those people who, like, doesn't deserve all the good things he has.
0: He just complains about basically all the things that have happened to him. He doesn't take responsibility for the choices he made. Yep. It's just like, oh, Lucas just happened you know <laughs> right, right He didn't make the choice <laughs> to have you know first off have lucas you have two kids like months apart what the fuck
1: what the fuck <laughs> and, and they even he even like made the comparison to his um to the therapist which by the way the therapist dr thorpe is played by ann cusack who plays the character donna january on the boys right now which you can watch on amazon prime little side note right there so Dan makes the comparison that, um, like, oh, I read about this uh, mountain climber who got his arm stuck beneath a big ten thousand pound boulder, and then he had to cut off his arm, and he made that also, comparison.
0: Wasn't there a movie of that? Like, yeah, it's what, with James Franco. 100, yeah,
1: 127 yeah, twenty seven hours.
0: Oh, uh, yep.
1: Is that with the yeah. space
0: on? I was wondering yeah. that. I definitely knew that story. Yeah, that's a
2: it. It really did happen, and it's a book. But then James Franco played him. Interesting. Yeah, the real guy came to Rowan, and I uh, I got him to sign his book.
1: Yeah, Ro- she- Sam is referring to Rowan University, the college that we both attended. <laughs> oh,
2: I'm sorry, I'm sorry, y'all. Uh, yeah, Ro- they don't Rowan just know- our listeners all
1: just know us. We're not famous, Sam. It's not just we <laughs> like right. to think that we are. <laughs> you, you
2: mean not, not everybody knows about Rowan University, <laughs> formerly Glassboro State, like? <laughs>
1: No. Such a big okay. name
2: university. I just I thought it was really
1: well known, so excuse me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man!
1: Oh my god! Oh, but oh. anywho, um,
0: were you gonna finish? Did we kind of interrupt you? That he was comparing his life to the man who. I, I didn't have
1: anything impactful to say. That's just it.
0: One other thing I like to add, though, is that when he is explaining that he's comparing it to the scenario where the guy has to cut off his arm. And Dan is, like, basically, in order for him not to feel trapped anymore, he had to, like, do what he had to do, Okay, abandon Lucas. And then Deb was right to ask, well, did you feel that way with me? You start to wonder, like, it's the same, okay, he left one situation, but then he walked right into the same situation just with another woman.
2: The, the kids are, like, the same age, you know? Yeah. I mean, I mean come on. Just, like, dumb yeah and he tried to say like with you i saw a future yeah being with the mother
1: has nothing to do with being a father that's a good point yeah he literally made it a point to say like i don't want to be the father to the son that i help produce
2: and i think that that that's shown like a lot just like in the media in general that like if men aren't with the, the mother of their children that they're like not as close with them and they don't like have a strong of a relationship with them kind of thing almost Mm. implying like i mean obviously that's not true for a lot of people but it's definitely something i've seen portrayed like a lot of times where it's like oh we're not going to be together now i don't want to be with the like be involved with the kid but i feel like you don't see that a lot in like upper class situations to be honest i think it's typically like a lower class thing you see uh portrayed and i'm kind Mm. of like i'm almost happy to see it this way Because it's, like, it's not the same thing as, like, a rich guy, like, paying off the baby mother to, like, not say anything. Like, this guy is very open about the fact that, like, this is his son. He just doesn't have anything to do with him. Do You you know what I mean?
1: He's openly deadbeat.
2: Right. And I feel like that's typically, like, I hate to say it, but typically you see, you know, young black men portrayed that way. And that's just not the case. Like, look at this, like, rich-ass white dude just being a complete deadbeat father. Yeah. And, like, we're all, and, and like it's just, like, kind of brushed off. You know, I mean, like, he's definitely being held accountable, like, now. But, I mean, for, like, how fucking long? 16 years? Like, nobody really made him feel any type of way about it until now. Okay, that's my rant. I just, you
1: know, thanks for coming to my TED Talk. I appreciate the rants.
0: <laughs> it's definitely a storyline, like, from a perspective that we don't typically see. Like, you're right. The rich white guy abandoning his son.
2: Yeah. And he's not, and it appears like he's not even financially supportive. Like, he's just not involved. He just completely mm-hmm. not involved in life.
0: And he could be financially supportive. It's pretty clear.
2: Exactly. He clearly has the means to at least be financially supportive. I mean, if you're not gonna be emotionally at all, I mean, typically you see some type of exchange of funds or something as like uh, at least let me, you know, do my part, so to speak. But nothing. Wow.
1: I never thought about that perspective, honestly, but bravo. Yeah, well, well, here I am, so. <laughs> Thank you. Beautiful, beautiful.
2: <laughs> Just dropping that in there for you. You can uh, do what you want with it.
0: And while I think you're right, Sam, that Dan is open about the fact that, like, he doesn't want anything to do with Lucas. At the same time, it's clear that he is insecure about it, and he's kind of struggling with it now. I feel like that's starting to be revealed as we get deeper into season one.
2: Yeah, you can definitely see more of an internal struggle with him than previous.
1: Yeah, especially, I mean, we'll get into what he does at the end of this episode, which is very interesting a little bit later. But first, let's talk more about reasons about why he's a jackass. <laughs> oh like, God. how he treats Keith. Which, um, Sam, I apologize that you have to be in the middle of this, but Caitlin, you and I are fighting.
0: So-, so- if we're talking about the same thing that I think we're going to talk about, I was right. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> there we go. We have the evidence, and I wrote it down in my notebook as well. Dan even thought that Keith brought Whitey to the dinner to antagonize him. See, I know I wasn't making that up.
1: I didn't think you were making it up. I just didn't like that perspective. But then again, like um, this could actually be brushed off as a way to just make Dan seem insecure. Yeah. It can. I don't know. That's how I can think it is. Like, so who knows who's actually right, but I'm like, oh my god, I hate that so much. Like, if Keith actually did do that, bring Whitey over to just antagonize Dan, I actually don't like that. I hate that. And that's why we're fighting. I hate that you were right.
0: I kind of like it, because all of the shit that Dan has said to Keith over the years, and as we've seen in season one, Keith needs to, like, do something to get back at Dan. And I think that's a funny way to do it. Bring Whitey to the dinner.
1: But then Dan ends up going to Keith and say, like, Oh, like, you know, but do you really think Karen would want you? She didn't want you before. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's th- what inspires Karen's uh not not Karen, that inspires Keith to drink at Karen's cafe. Which why does a cafe have beer? I know. Why not?
0: Does it ever have
2: beer or alcohol It, it seems it seems like a diner, like it's open late. I don't know.
0: It can be it can have alcohol. Oh. Okay. I mean it obviously it depends
1: on like their liquor license in the town or whatever,
0: but who knows, we don't know the
1: details about that. <laughs> I, know, I I always thought of Karen's Cafe as like a place where you get like, you know, a late night coffee or some pastries and I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> they have beer? Yeah, they're very uh they're very versatile. Yeah. Right? I mean, I mean that's cool. I mean, go for it.
0: They're very versatile. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they're not just a cafe, all right? They encompass a lot of
1: things yeah apparently they, they also it's also a bookstore whatever what else is it <laughs> whatever it, it wears many hats all right um let's talk about dan and this um as deb calls her and i don't condone it calls her beach whore when I, when I was first introduced to her, uh, I mean, first off, the her opening line, she's like, I heard the beach is a great place to pick up guys. And then Dan says, well, only the light ones. I thought that was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> I, I lol at that, I gotta say. But At first, I was like, oh, here's a woman who was taking charge of her sexuality. Then I thought about like who wrote this episode, and I'm like, okay, there's a lot to unpack there. I'm like, okay, you're giving it into like, a typical male fantasy right here. But also the fact that she's also married... Ill.
0: Yeah, it's, it's gross, but basically it's showing nothing happened between them, and he actually said to Carrie that he still loves his wife. I think it's supposed to highlight, like, his true feelings about Deb.
1: That's true.
0: But then it happens at the wrong time, because then Deb walks in.
1: And then she slut shames. I'm like, who cares about Carrie? You should care about what your husband is doing. That is all I'm saying.
0: Yeah, I mean... You can't blame her. That situation, like...
1: Her anger's misplaced. I, I I have space for that.
0: I would not have nice things to say about the other woman,
2: but she's not really like shitting on her that much. She's really just saying like, yeah, like she's really talking to Dan for real. Like it's not really. Yeah, she is. Like I don't. I don't look at it that way. I look at it as like it to me appears like you just you know actively sought out somebody. Therefore, I'm going to call them a whore. But it's not.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's not like she, like, hit him in the face. She didn't, like, punch her in the face. Like, how how dare you? Fuck you. Yeah. She didn't do anything like that. If she did, then I had more to say.
2: Right. I'm never a fan of that, like, getting violent with the other woman or other man or whatever. I don't think that there's really any, like, purpose for that. Because they're technically really not doing anything wrong. I mean, you know, on, on your end, so to speak. But I do think that um, she was mad at Dan. <laughs> You yeah. know, like, I feel like you just get mad, like, oh, like, I'm I'm at home making dinner and you're, you know, fucking this, whoever. You know, like, you would call them whatever. It wouldn't really matter who they are. It's just, yeah, it's in the moment.
0: Yeah, like, I I agree. It is in the moment. <laughs> you're just not going to have nice things to say when you're pissed off at your husband, you know? Yeah,
1: I have space for that. I definitely do. I just need to, like, you know, I just need to take her to task for that a little bit, you know?
0: I know, you gotta call it out as you see it.
2: Yeah, it it was definitely worth mentioning, and I thought about it myself, but I, I ended up
1: justifying it for the reasons I just said, and I think yeah. it's I think it's fair. So cool, we all have space for Deb, I like that. I fuck with Deb, so. <laughs> <laughs> Deb just needs to leave Dan now, and I mean, she does ask Dan for a divorce, which, you know, I say woo-hoo. woohoo, and now, like, you know, she needs to just push Keith aside and then hook up with Karen, because the two of them just need to get together. And raise their children. Wait, Dan and Karen? Deb and Karen. Or, I just said
2: Dan and Karen, because that's what I thought you meant. I, I thought you meant Dan and Karen. Okay, Deb and Karen,
1: yes. Dan and Karen, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, I don't, I don't want that to happen either. Yeah. But... Yeah, Deb and Karen, I'm just saying, like, you know, their lives would be so much better if the two of them just, like, you know, got together. Yeah, my guess on the way that you're talking is that that does not end up happening. So,
2: we we can just keep rooting for it. I
1: mean, it was a teen show from the 2000s. How much LGBT representation are you going to expect? I'm not. I'm not. (laughs) I'm not saying there isn't any LGBT representation in One Tree Hill, but I'm just saying, like, you know, the lead characters like that, no, that's not going to happen. So, I'm just going to headcanon it. Yeah, that would surprise me Yeah, if I saw that. So that's just my headcanon. I'm just saying, like, you know, if they wanted to do a One Tree Hill reboot with, like, a, you know, a different set of characters, they need to just have Karen and Zeb get together. Just do it. Agreed. (laughs) But anywho, so uh, Karen comes back, and she's sporting this really wonderful haircut. (laughs) That's all I had to say about that. I wasn't gonna gonna do a big analysis. I just wanted to say I loved her haircut.
0: Jeremy. Okay. Oh my god. Cool, end of episode. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> so everyone's expecting Karen's return, and then we're blindsided by a car crash.
2: Yeah. Yeah, where the, like, the, where did that come from? That
0: was just. It really does come out of nowhere.
2: <laughs> Which I guess technically all car accidents do, right? But, um. Uh, yeah. But still, I was not expecting
1: that at all. <laughs> And it was all because Keith, like, really wasn't paying attention. Like, there was there was clearly, like, a red light that he couldn't turn on.
0: I never really realized how the red light was, like, reflected into the windshield so you could see that.
1: Yeah, I think it's, I think they did that on purpose, actually. They make it so it's, like, it's meant to be confusing because we're looking at the situation through Keith's perspective. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, we're only, you're only supposed to be looking at Keith in that situation. You're not actually looking at the reflection. Yeah. But then upon rewatch, you're like, oh. Like, did you notice that, Sam? I, this is your first time watching it.
2: No, no, I didn't. I'm like trying to think of what you guys are, yeah, what you both are even talking about.
1: <laughs> yeah, if you look at if you look at the windshield, like right before the car accident happens, there's a red arrow. So Keith actually wasn't supposed to turn there. Oh wow, okay. Which just shows that it, it was Keith. The, the accident was Keith's fault. And you know the doctor later asked him, that "So how much have you had to drink?" And then Keith's like, "Fuck, I did have a drink earlier, which that's not going to look good for him."
0: But one beer, realistically.
2: This, is, oh my god! Thank you, <laughs> Caitlin, for saying that. I was so <laughs> angry about this.
0: One. He had beer? one beer
1: like three hours before that, right? W- uh-huh. Would it show up on a blood alcohol test? Like I don't know how. I don't know how no. that works.
0: You would not be over the limit or even close to the limit. <laughs>
1: right he would blow like a 0.01 or like like that'd be it there'd be nothing to that okay yeah it, yeah it has to be
2: point oh eight. yeah yeah this was just i was like pissed when the doctor said that i was like what do you mean did he have a drink he had one beer like a beer is like what five percent alcohol he had one three hours ago there's just <laughs> no way that drink would even be a factor Ugh. this just pissed me off because i really like keith and i'm like he's gonna get some shit for this like it's gonna be a thing Obviously, because why would I mean why would you bring it up, right? If it's not going to become something, so I'm just like, ugh, I'm i gen, I'm genuinely upset about it. And he was going to go see Karen. It was going to be this nice reunion and all this love, and now it's just like all going to go to shit because of like one silly mistake that we all make where we turn when we're not supposed to sometimes, and now it's going to be this whole thing.
1: So thanks for coming to my TED talk, y'all.
0: <laughs> no, You're I, so lo- awesome. I love the
1: predictions. But the episode ends with Lucas flatline, and Oh, my God. Will he survive? Oh, my God. Oh, so if, if dramatic. Lucas, hold on. If Lucas didn't survive,
2: <laughs> I would be fucking shocked. <laughs> I would be like, oh, my God. Like, so, yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm predicting that he will live. So.
1: I mean, yeah. we'll say, Who knows? <laughs> it's a close call.
2: Oh, my goodness.
1: I'm just saying, like, you know, who knows? Like, maybe, like, this is his last episode and the show just continues from here just without Shawn Michael Murray, like... That'd be pretty interesting for him to be,
2: like, known for One Tree Hill and to only have been on one half of the first season.
1: <laughs> he had a really great performance these first 13 episodes, so... No, he didn't. We literally just shit all over him. It's fine, but...
2: <laughs> I'm like, you're just wrong here, okay? <laughs>
1: This is how he got all the shots. This is how he got all the shots on Hallmark movies. It's literally these first thirteen episodes really just like propelled his career forward. This is a really silly thing
2: to just add in about a personal note about me and Chad Michael Murray. So I used to read Teen People, as I'm sure some of some of us oh, know, yes. are uh, I definitely have, yeah. I have definitely li- uh, read, but I took out a picture of chad michael murray i remember getting my glue stick and gluing it to like a back like to a piece of cardboard to give it like a strength (laughs) border you know what i'm saying and then i had it taped to my wall but what's so funny is looking back i never watched one tree hill growing up and i never (laughs) saw a cinderella story i still can't believe you haven't seen that movie (laughs) But why do I even know who Chad Michael Murray is? Why did I have his poster? What else was he in? This is, I'm like genuinely like why did why did I know him?
1: He was just hot. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> what was the poster? Was it the one where his like shirt's unbuttoned and he's like leading against the pole? Is it that one? No
2: it's not his whole body. I, I remember it was like like they used to do those in the magazine where it was like just like this like it would stop like at their shoulders oh oh, okay i I had one of like bow wow and like i had a few (laughs) random people i don't know
1: (laughs) oh wow i I
2: know all of your listeners totally cared about that story but i just made me think of it and i was like
0: i think i had a poster of chad michael murray (laughs) or my best friend did or we both did i vaguely remember this
1: I would have had a poster of Chad Michael Murray if I wasn't so deep in the closet when One Tree Hill was Aaron. So, or at least in the early seasons, I should say. And I'm sorry <laughs> about that. Fuck society. It's, it's, yeah, exactly. So, I would have had like pictures of Chad Michael Murray all over my wall, but never had one. Maybe, maybe I had one because you couldn't, and I was just like
2: filling in that slot for you. Yeah,
1: you were just like, you were just thinking about me. Like, you know what? There's some like closet queer kid out there. I had the privilege of putting him up on my wall, so I'm going to do this for him. Yeah. And then one day when I meet him, I will tell him about it on a podcast. Yes.
2: That's a beautiful and story. All, all of that happened, so that's really good. It, all, <laughs> it went exactly the way that you said. Uh, like, great.
1: All right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about our top favorite moments. Uh, what was everyone's favorite quotes? Okay, so I've spent a lot of time
2: defending the... Uh, this the somewhat slut shaming because my favorite quote is from Deb.
1: <laughs> Which she one
2: said, when she's um catches uh Dan and says, So it's my fault, my deficiencies as a conversationalist have driven you to dry to dine with beach whores. That that line. Oh. Interesting. I, one I just thought it was really well written. I just like you know, I just like the way she said it. It was good delivery. And
0: Deb has good delivery um, usually.
2: It, yeah, she really does. And also, like the situation leading up to it, Dan was pretty much deflecting like, oh, well, I'm hanging out with this lady because you never talk to me. And she was like, oh, really? And then she said that. So that that was where I was coming from with that. So not particularly the beach whore part. It was really yeah. just the, the sentence structure
1: I enjoyed. <laughs> you love a good sentence structure. I got it. I get it. Yeah, you know how it is. You know. No, I just love. I just love Deb. I love Barbara Allen Woods. I'm still waiting on a cameo from her. If anybody wants to gift that to me, y'all. Oh. <laughs> just saying. All right. Um, my favorite quote was also from Deb. I like the part where she tells Dan. She says, "The hurricane that fall washed the beach away." and took those people with it.
0: Oh, snap.
1: I just thought that was very poetic. Yeah, that was a good one, too.
0: I was thinking that was poetic, yeah.
1: Yeah. What was your favorite, Caitlin?
0: So I love the scene with Nathan and Whitey, because it was just so funny to me. Whitey was, like, hilarious in this episode. So Nathan's trying to convince him to stay as coach for the basketball team. And this is kind of, like, partway through the conversation as he's convincing him. Nathan says, besides, who's going to yell at me, huh? Whitey says, I'm not supposed to yell at you, Nathan. You're supposed to learn things. Nathan says, yeah, but what fun would that be? You love yelling at me. Whitey, I do not. (laughs) Nathan, yes, you do. You love to yell at me, and I love to make you yell. And then Whitey says, Well, if you listen once in a while, you knucklehead. Oh my god, it was just so funny to me. I so what was your
1: favorite quote out of that whole entire conversation? The whole that whole section. <laughs> I love how like whenever you do your favorite quote, you do like a whole conversation.
0: <laughs> I because I can't just pull out one thing from it. Basically, because Whitey's yelling. Even though he's claiming that he doesn't like to yell. And it was just really <laughs> funny and well done. And Barry Corbin just delivered those once
1: lines. I, once on, Caitlin will tell her favorite quote and it'll just be like her reciting a dialogue for the entire episode. It'll be like, okay, yep, Caitlin, 42 minutes later. like,
0: <laughs> I have another one if you want to. It's Nathan and Whitey. Go ahead. And this goes to my little intro to the episode. Nathan says, I did a little research in the library. And then Whitey responds, you were in the library? The temperature must have dropped in hell. <laughs> oh, I thought those were funny. Maybe no one oh, else Oh boy, that I, was great. I got a kick out of those scenes.
1: What is everyone's favorite musical moments? Uh, my favorite musical moment was
2: when there was that montage of Keith pulling out the flowers for Karen and Whitey at the cemetery giving flowers to, um, to his wife. And the song that was playing was Pink Bullets by the Shins. Which I had not heard prior to this, but I thought that this scene was really nice and the parallels between the flowers and like the two, in my opinion, the, like nicest guys, <laughs> male characters on the show right now, um, kind of going through their both excitement and heartbreak. Mm, that is a good scene. one.
0: That was also my favorite song.
1: That's my honorable mention. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay, great minds think alike, Caitlin.
0: Okay, <laughs> I know. Okay. I love. The- the montage of scenes and I kind of see the song like yeah it goes from the flowers that Keith's preparing and then Whitey's at the grave and Nathan also finds Whitey's list of goals that he had it kind of just shows like these characters contemplating their lives in a way or like different aspects of their lives and I thought it I thought it was just like the song helped tie everything together and it was a good, like, transition, because this song played in, like, the middle of the episode. Usually you yeah. would find a montage like that at the end of a one episode of One Tree Hill, but it
1: was interesting that it was in the middle. Was that your favorite musical moment, Caitlin? Yes, that was my favorite. Okay. Um, my favorite is the montage at the end, where Whitey changes his minds. that's what Dan calls Deb, decides to visit her, um... Deb asked for a divorce, the car crash, like, right before the car crash happens, like, it's that whole montage of scenes. The song's called Most of the Time by Josh Canova, and I apologize if I'm pronouncing that incorrectly, but I just like the mood that that song put me in, it was, I just thought it was cute.
0: Yeah, that was a good one, too.
1: Yeah. I like yeah. good sadness porn, what can I say?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. How how would you rate the episode? Go Wait,
2: ahead. Do you want me to go? Yeah. Okay.
0: Three and a half ugly hats. Wait. When they're on the, you
2: know what I'm talking about. When they're on the beach
0: and. Oh. <laughs> That's. And good, I Gary's felt so hat, good about yes. that. <laughs> I felt
2: like so good about that delivery that I'm really upset you didn't get it, but it's fine. And I'm just it's like ugly hats. <laughs> I was trying to pick something that I didn't think either of you would pick, and I don't know why I didn't think you would, but it just felt like I was going to be the only one. Anyway,
1: <laughs> go ahead. Why? Why only? Why three and a half? Okay. So first off, why not a three and why not a four? Because I'm too indecisive. Um, okay. Well, you have to decide. <laughs>
2: you yeah. don't like my
0: half. Jeremy doesn't like halves. No, he won't let me have a half. So you can't have one either.
2: <laughs> oh man, but that's like I, okay. This is really pivotal though because the three really makes it a very average episode, and the four really puts it as above average. Three and a half kind of puts it like. Like, somewhere in the middle of those. I think, I if I'm going to pick, I probably would say four. Because I think this episode is going to give us good plot progression. Like, it's setting us up for, like, the next wave of plots, I feel like. Now that we're not sure what's going to happen with Lucas. And what's the state of Brooke and Peyton's friendship. What's going to happen with... it? Really, everybody, like you were saying earlier, Caitlin. Like, everybody's story changed in this episode. So...
1: So yeah, four ugly hats then. <laughs> what, is, what is yours, on?
0: I give it four out of five life lists. Okay. I agree. I think there's so much that happens in this episode. <laughs> so much. And I genuinely like the episode. I was kind of back and forth if I wanted to give it a four or five, but I think I'm going to keep it as a four. Just because, I don't know, we kind of dissected the whole cheating aspect of this, which is kind of cringeworthy, so takes
1: it down a notch, but what about you? Oh, I'm going to be brutal. I'm sorry. Um, Brutal? I am giving it two out of five free shots.
0: Really? You give this episode a two? Oh my God. I think it's one of the better episodes of the whole season.
1: (laughs) Just because I... I don't like Lucas's gaslighting, and I'm sorry, I know, like, everybody, everybody disagrees with me on this, but, like, I just, I don't care about Whitey, and I feel like I should care more about Whitey, because Barry Corbin is wonderful. So, that's more me insulting the fact that they're not Kevin Whitey enough good material, I think. But that's just me. Damn,
2: not even a 3 though. Like, <laughs> You went all the way to a two, like... I'm
1: standing by my decisions.
0: You really think this episode is below average? Oh my god, it's definitely one of the best ones of season one. I have to argue with you there.
1: I, I just don't like Lucas, I'm sorry. It's funny, I gave a five out of five for the last one. Yeah, that's interesting. Ugh, but I just gotta speak my truth. Yeah, Jeremy, don't get on Yelp, okay? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get on Yelp. I just gotta call it like I say it. All right, Sam. Before we let you go, because we don't want to spoil anything for you during the spoiler segment, what are your predictions for the series? Okay, so I think ultimately some of the the basics. I think Lucas and
2: Peyton will end up together. I, I see that as the uh, as their future. I think Haley and Nathan. We'll probably be together for a while or like, you know, they'll have their back and forth, but I don't think they're going to end up together. Okay. Okay. I feel like for Brooke, I have less prediction and more like what I hope for her. So I hope that because I don't really have a prediction for Brooke, I just really hope that she becomes more confident within herself after all this shit with Lucas is going to go down because we know it is right. These secrets are going to come out. That's my guess. The secrets are going to come out. She's going to have some insecurities whatever but i'm hoping like girl power she pulls through okay okay quick adult predictions because i i'm realizing now i'm older i'm like closer in age to the adults now and we say this the, all the
1: time it's like yeah. really fucked up we're like we're closer in age to the adults so we are to the kids It's a sad yeah
2: and i like I, i'm okay with that though because i kind of like kind of fuck with the adults more anyway um i think dan needs to get like some type of revenge against him honestly, like I think Deb needs to do it. not like evil, but you know, like I kind of I kind of feel like Dan needs to be punished more for how shitty he's being. Um, and then Keith and Karen, I'm like really, really pulling for them, but I'm worried about this fucking beer situation. And now I'm like, uh, Keith's been drinking. So now he drove Lucas in the car while he had been drinking, if you even want to call it drinking. So now I feel like Karen's going to be, like, mad for nothing. These are my thoughts.
1: Okay. I wish I could respond to those. So I seriously... <laughs> like, I can't say it. Sam, you, you weren't really looking at the camera when you were saying it, but me and Caleb were, like, eyeing each other, like... <laughs> that's, okay. That's what I think. I...
2: But, like, why else would that come up about the fucking beer? Like, I know that that's going to be a thing. I don't think it's necessarily going to be, like criminal like he's gonna go to jail or something but I do think there's gonna be some repercussions for it okay and in terms of Lucas I feel like we're gonna have a few episodes where Lucas is just like in a coma and then maybe oh oh okay maybe while he's in this coma Peyton tells Brooke what happened okay okay or Haley
1: slips up. Ooh. Okay. Okay. I see Brooke finding out in the next few episodes.
2: That's 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 where I'm at.
1: Okay. And what's what's going to happen if Lucas wakes up and that happens? If he wakes up, who knows? He could very much die. Oh my God! Is Lucas going to remember stuff?
2: Is it going to be one of those things? Oh my God! The possibilities are endless.
1: <laughs> but what could happen here?
0: Oh snap! <sighs> I love these predictions. <laughs>
1: Uh, this is so my, great oh my god oh uh, my god I, feel I, like, I am so excited to talk about some of your predictions because <laughs> we're gonna talk know, like, so much about <laughs> you
2: <laughs> i can't wait to like finally listen to the episode and like after i've been like to the point where i can do the spoilers
1: yeah at the point where you like, finish the
2: series yes i'm like i'm like yeah when i finish the series because i guess you you said anything's up for grabs yeah and that so yeah Yeah, I'm really excited to be like, when Get Off, you're either going to be like, wow, Sam's dead wrong, or like, wow, Sam was, like, really on. Really accurate.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is so great. Well, thank you so much, Sam, for joining us. Where can people find you?
2: You can find me on Instagram at SamMayMarie3. That's S-A-M-M-A-Y, Marie3. And on Twitter, for some occasional tweets, at uh, SamSaf3. That's S-A-M-S-A-F-3.
0: Thank you, Sam!
2: Yay! Yay! Yeah, thanks.
1: This was fun. Always and Forever is on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at alwaysothpod. You can also email us at alwaysothpod at gmail.com. That's always O-T-H-P-O-D. You can follow Jeremy
0: Rodriguez on Twitter at Rodriguez Jeremy.
1: You can follow Caitlin Illinich on Twitter at Miss I Reads.
0: Outside of following our socials, the easiest way to support us is by rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. That helps One Tree Hill fans, new and old, find us.
1: Now, if you don't want future episodes of One Tree Hill to be spoiled for you, now is the time to turn this podcast off. Otherwise, stay tuned for the spoiler segment after the music ends. We'll, we'll be, be seeing, seeing you.
0: Welcome to the spoiler segment of Always and Forever. This is your final reminder to turn this podcast off now if you do not want spoilers.
1: Woo, Caitlin.
0: <laughs> Sam's predictions at the end? I could barely keep a straight face. Like, I was dying when she said that Deb was going <laughs> to seek revenge on Dan. I
1: just lost it. <laughs> that was the moment that, like, you and I just, like, locked eyes, like, oh shit, she is absolutely right
0: man she was like other than the whole nathan and Haley thing she was pretty yeah
1: she's dead wrong about that i hope she's not disappointed when she finds out
0: (laughs) she'll grow to like them it's so early in their relationship and she'll soon enough at the end of season one when they're
1: married (laughs) i can't wait to hear her reaction on that when that happens i know Like, I almost want to, like, bring her back for, like, the finale to be like... Well, she'll be like, what the fuck?
0: Yeah, we're, we're really gonna have to bring Sam back at some
1: point. Yes. Oh my god. What else did she say? She she was correct that Lucas and Peyton are gonna end up together. Ugh.
0: Yay! <laughs>
1: <laughs> um... I mean she was correct that Lucas survives, but it was kinda of fun to fuck with her to be like, wow, like what if he just died and he's mm-hmm. <laughs> right after this episode. I know, right?
0: And that Brooke will find out in the next few episodes about the whole cheating thing. And that the Keith's drinking is gonna become a thing, which it mm-hmm. does, and it wrecks Keith and Karen, which
1: sucks. Oh, something that she said, like, if Lucas will be, like, she was wondering if Lucas will even remember everything. Like, I was wondering, like, what if they actually went there, made it so Lucas had amnesia that forgot right? everything. That would have been, like, a wild storyline to play with. I I'm kind of, so glad they didn't do that. <laughs> I actually kind of wish they did. I kind of want, like, an alternate universe where he does forget everything. Mm, man. <laughs> wow. Um... Uh, something that we didn't really talk about in the episode, um, I think. You know, I mean, we're, we're pretty much done as far as like Sam's predictions are concerned, but they were great. I, that was that was so much fun to hear. Now, something I didn't put this in the script, but do you notice the scene where Brooke puts her arms around Lucas and she's like, "People who are meant to be together, um, will end up with each other in the end." Did you get that email I sent you about a week or two ago? <laughs> I've Were you completely ignored and left I me on read. I ignored that. <laughs> <laughs> so, I found a very interesting article. No. Hillary Burton apparently was told early on in the series that Brooke and Lucas were supposed to be endgame, and Peyton and Jake were supposed to end up together as well, which I thought was very, very interesting. So I almost wonder if, like, you know, that, that scene where Brooke says people who love each other could, you know, are meant to be, blah, blah, blah. I wonder if that was supposed to be, like, something to foreshadow because Brooke and Lucas were originally supposed to end up together.
0: Yeah, but I don't think at that point they probably were thinking it. Because I feel like once they hit season two, those were the thoughts.
1: I I don't know. I thought the whole thing where where Brooke and Lucas started to have feelings toward each other in season two, I thought that was a very good twist. Because I was like, oh, like I'm rooting for these. Because uh, honestly, like full disclosure, I always talk about like rooting for Brooke and Lucas together. I didn't really root for them in season one. I didn't start rooting for them until season two. But I feel like there was like that big twist where it's like, hey, look at these two. They end up realizing that they actually do love each other, or more so, Lucas ends up realizing he loves Brooke because I think Brooke always felt that way about him. Yeah. So I feel like that's the reason why I love Brooke and Lucas so much, though, is just because how they end up. Fall in love with each other, so... I don't know, who knows. I thought that was a really good twist, though, and I almost wonder if they were playing in this twist all along. Like, oh, you're not supposed to be rooting for these. Oh, but now you are.
0: Yeah, I think Lucas and Brooke's second time around is obviously so much better. But I just feel like, at this point, the writers haven't made up their mind.
1: Yeah. We'll see. I always wonder, like, what was the point that made them change their mind? I think the point they, that made them change their mind, now uh, was that Brian Greenberg was becoming a big movie star. That's when he started to star in a bunch of movies. Like, that was right around the time when he started in the movie Prime. Oh. The movie with Meryl Streep and Uma Thurman. Like, he was really... Th- there was, like, a point in time where we thought, like, he was going to become, like, a really big star. I don't think it really... I mean, he still works. I'm not saying he doesn't work anymore, but there was a point where, like, he was actually, like, slated to be, like, an A-list star.
0: I didn't realize that.
1: Yeah, so I feel like there was a point where they just realized, like, oh, we can't have Brian Greenberg come back, so we have to have, we have to have Lucas and Peyton end up together and just say, fuck you to Brooke, <laughs> you know? hmm I don't think they screwed Brooke over, though. So, I think that's why it didn't happen, honestly. Logistics. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it, it just sucked. Um, oh, one thing I forgot to mention about Sam's prediction, uh, about the basketball season. I know. And he, he ends up leaving... Like, the next school year, he ends up retiring, so he doesn't win 100 games.
0: But then he goes to college basketball.
1: That's true.
0: So it's kind of unclear how long he's the—I guess he is the college basketball coach. I don't know. He is, yeah. He leaves, and then Lucas takes over or something, because he was, like, his assi- Whitey's assistant.
1: Yeah, he was the coach, though, because, like, um, at the end of season four, he tells Nathan, uh, I'm going to teach—I'm going to coach college—
0: yeah, so I guess you could count those, um, you could count those games too.
1: Yeah, but still, he did say that like I'm gonna coach for I'm going coach for 20 years, win 600 games. So like I don't know, like I feel like he meant to say co- win 600 games before he officially retired.
0: Yeah, but is he really retiring when he's going to college basketball?
1: I don't know. He wa- I, I, again, I think he changed his mind. I think he. Ch- he changed his mind about retire, but but he was supposed to retire, um, like when he left Tree Hill High. Because at that point, like remember like he won the championship game or they were gonna compete in the championship game and then Whitey's like, oh, I can't wait to win and then that's when Nathan has to deal with this whole crossroads where he's like, Oh no, these people are gonna threaten to kill me if we win.
0: Yeah. Oh my god. Oh my The
1: whole point shaven thing.
0: Oh, we're gonna go down that route. <laughs> Let's not. <laughs>
1: we're not gonna go down there yet. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm just saying the math the math doesn't work out. That's that's really it.
0: Yeah, it really doesn't work out in the end. I thought that was kind of curious though.
1: Yeah. On a completely silly note, the woman who is going after Dan is named Carrie, which I never realized. (laughs) Oh man. Because Dan ends up dealing with another woman named Carrie. Nanny (laughs) Nanny Carrie Carrie (laughs) later on. That was just a funny thing, like
0: Oh man. That's hilarious
1: the entire time i was thinking i was like i, I was wondering like hmm, i wonder if this is supposed to be the same character and they just had to recast her wouldn't that be funny but i don't think they did that i don't think they were trying to do that
0: <laughs> yeah that would not mean anything to like a first time watcher that's for sure <laughs>
1: <sighs> oh god we also heard a little bit about brooke's family life
0: yeah i still really can't remember how much brooke's parents have been mentioned so far because obviously, like we said, we, you can't unknow things.
1: Yeah, it, it's hard to like try to watch it, like act like you're watching it for the first time. And then, you know. I know. It's in your subconscious.
0: It's so wild to think how we never meet Brooke's parents until season five, we meet her mom. And then we meet her dad in what, season nine?
1: I think season eight. Is it eight? Maybe it's nine. I don't know. I think it's nine.
0: Oh no, it's, he doesn't come to the wedding, remember? He doesn't
1: come to her wedding. It is season nine. You're right. He doesn't come in until season nine, episode one. Just checked.
0: Yeah. And even as I was saying it, I was like, surprising myself. I'm like, oh, I hadn't thought about Brooke's dad. <laughs>
1: I forgot yeah. that he actually showed up. <laughs> but yeah, even when they introduce Victoria, though, um, she's only introduced as Victoria.
0: I know. Yep. And
1: then I remember like, Brooke slips up and calls her mother. And then that's when you're like, oh, fuck. That's Brooke's mom.
0: That was such a twist. Yeah. That was one of the best twists, I think, of the show. Mm-hmm. That moment. Because it was like, we didn't know her mom this whole time. And then we get the time jump. We finally do.
1: Yeah. And then Victoria is like this domineering person that Brooke has to deal with. And you're like, oh, God, she's so terrible. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, well, like, why does Brooke deal with this? And it's like, oh, it's her mother. <laughs> yep. It's wild.
0: And if you think about it, I don't even know where Brooke's mom would have fit into the earlier seasons. Because I think it kind of develops, like, her absence and the father's absence kind of develops the fact that Brooke's on her own. Like, doing whatever she wants, basically.
1: Which I think is very intentional to see that, that that Brooke is by herself, she's very independent, she doesn't have her parents to really rely on. But anyway, yeah, that's a long way off, though, and I shall believe that our future episodes are going to be as wonderful (laughs) yes they will be i shall believe is also the title of the next episode we will be discussing which is season one episode 14 people probably really hate these transitions and that's okay
0: (laughs) according to our old one tree hill dvd box sets while lucas lies unconscious in the hospital emotional turmoil swirls around him Karen discovers that Keith was drinking before the crash, Nathan and Haley aren't speaking, and Deb hires a divorce attorney.
1: We'll be seeing ya.